Hello and welcome to 20 Cent Retail's podcast. I'm your host, Vincent Panels. Today we are talking about a well-known system in the food industry, the Nutri-Score. The concept is designed to help consumers identify healthy products. But since the introduction of the system, it has also been described as far from perfect. Therefore, in this episode with my guest, Aris Christodoulou, founder and president at SIGA, we put the Nutri-Score under the microscope. Listen to it on this episode titled The Nutri-Score Debunked. Hello, Aris, and welcome to the show. Hi, Vincent. Um, thank you for being here today. We're going to chat about something which is a bit controversial for some and very useful for others. Uh, we're going to chat about the Nutri-Score. Uh, so uh, thank you uh, for uh, helping me debunking a few of the uh, items known about the this uh, graduation uh, score. Perhaps uh, let's start with an easy question uh, and remind us all, where does the idea of the Nutri-Score originate? Why, why do we have the Nutri-Score now on the shelves? Uh, initially, they were uh, European regulation, the INCO reglement, uh, which provides for the establishment of a front-of-pack labeling system that would simplify nutritional information available on packaging. That was a European law. Then uh, the French government, the Ministry of Health, asked for some scientists uh, to develop a score, a methodology that would uh, simplify the nutritional information. They began to use a score built in the UK. And uh, this is this score that have been pushed by French government uh, to the manufacturers and retailers. And now uh, some different European governments try to push that score up to the European, le European level to respond to that INCO reglement. Okay, so, so that, that sounds like a great idea because you simplify visually the nutritional information. I used to use my mom or my grandma to tell me, oh, don't eat the entire box of cookies by yourself. You're going to get sick or fat. Um, but uh, I, I, I hear you. There's been scientists involved. There's been uh, the ministries involved. Uh, but many have criticized the, the current Nutri-Score. Uh, what are the main concerns about the system? Uh, for sure, there are, there are huge concerns about uh, the Nutri-Score. On the Nutri-Score, uh, I see mainly four uh, concerns. First, it's about the matrix effect. It does not take into account the matrix effect, which is now well documented as the first thing to impact food health potentials. Then we should took into account that information in a score that wants to highlight healthier food to the consumers. The second thing I see is that it does not take into account uh, the addition of culinary ingredients. If fats or sugars are naturally present, they get the same stigmatization by the mathematic formula as when they are added. And we know that for health, this is not the same thing to eat naturally present fats and sugars or added fats and sugars. Another concern is that there is a postulate within the Nutri-Score that there are good and bad nutrients. Okay. In reality, there are no bad and good nutrients. There are only good and bad matrix 
in which you will find these nutrients. And that is the thing that will affect the health potential of food. The last point is about the fact that we are applying to food something that has been theorized on diet. I mean that healthy diets are rich in fibers. We know that too much fats and sugars, especially the added one, are bad for the diet. And we try to apply it on food. But there are no nutritionally balanced or nutritionally unbalanced food. There are no guarantee that eating the food that are said healthy by the Nutri-Score will bring you to the healthy diet. Worst, we've got first studies that show that even if you have a balanced diet, nutritionally speaking, you can end it sick if the food you eat are ultra-processed. Okay, so, so those are four uh, clear main concerns that you just highlighted. Um, but I do wonder one additional thing. Is, is this Nutri-Score that, that has been set up truly universal? Uh, does it have the same value and interpretation across countries? Because our diet is different in, in Norway or in the certain or, or in the south part of, of Europe, for example. So, so does the Nutri-Score A has the same value there as, as here, as everywhere? The mathematic formula is the same everywhere. Uh, the mat for, mathematic formula has been adapted for some food categories, but uh, the formula is the same in every country it is used about the interpretation, the knowledge of the consumer, the understanding, I don't have uh, sufficient studies, uh, sufficient information uh, to answer you. But what I think is that it is understood as green is healthy and red is unhealthy. This is kind of universal. Now, the problem when we look at other countries that could use that score is that the Nutri-Score is stigmatizing many traditional dish, dishes, meals, because they are, uh, there are a lot of fats or sugars within these meals. But these meals always uh, participated from preventive and sustainable diets. On the other side, you will see many new dishes or food that are ultra processed and that are shown as healthy to the consumer, but which are not. And this is something bad because it kills traditional uh, dishes. It kills uh, culinary, tra uh, culinary traditions too. And it uniformized diets all around the world to, uh, around that, this ultra-processed food. Okay, I'm, I'm going to come back on this on this uh, ultra-processed uh, situation because you, you mentioned that a lot, but I, I do wonder one thing because the uh, Nutri-Score is being revised at the moment. Uh, there was a big announcement during the summer. Uh, do you think uh, this will be a major improvement or will solve all different concerns that we already had? No, for sure, no. Uh, the, the improvement that we've seen uh, in the summers are on the assessing uh, of different food categories that they obs uh, on, on which they observed some uh, inconsistencies, such as uh, extruded breakfast cereals 
or for the fats, then uh, for some categories, they adapted the mathematic formula uh, for some products getting better ranks and over worse ranks according to uh, the uh, nutritional official guides. But the logic still the same, a mathematic formula with good and bad nutrients, uh, which not take into account matrix effect, neither uh, the addition of culinary ingredients and uh, something that is hypothetical deductive. We observe something on the diet, we apply that on food. And uh, what we see is that it's not uh, coherent with reality. This improvement could be endless if we want to precisely assess the quality of one food with nutritional uh, uh, free salt, at the end, any real food should present a green label because any real food can belong, uh, participate from a preventive diet. Okay. So basically, it's not going to solve uh, all the, 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 the above mentioned issues, I would say. Um, but you did mention uh, processing quite often uh, so far. Uh, so let, let's just uh, talk about that for a moment. And especially as, as apparently is being uh, neglected by the current Nutri-Score, perhaps you can explain to us what is or what do you qualify as a processed product? And is there any graduation in there? Is there like uh, something which is very badly processed, something which is only a little bit processed? Because let's say that if I take an egg and I start cooking it, it's some sort of process, but it's not an industrial process. So walk us through it. Yes. Um, then ultra processing has been defined by uh, the concept of ultra processed food, which uh, has been introduced by uh, some... Uh, Brazilian researchers, epidemiologist uh, researchers, Carlos Montero within the NOVA classification. Uh, this is not a quantitative classification, but a qualitative classification. Then for sure, there are different impacts between the processes of, uh, available. The simple processes, the ultra processes, uh, there are different intensity but I will explain you how uh, function that classification. First, you have raw and low processed food. Raw food, easy for everyone to understand what it is. Low processed food correspond to food which has, uh, uh, on which you have applied low processes. Low processes are simple mechanical or thermical processes, such as cooking, reducing it to powder, into juice, uh, um, freezing, um, pasteurization are some low processes. You find another group of food, which are the culinary ingredients obtained with low processes, such as fat, sugar, and salt. In this group, you won't find the refined oils or the uh, hydrogenated oils. You won't find the uh, sugars obtained through hydrolysis, such as glucose syrup. They are only low processed culinary ingredients. Then come the group of processed food. Processed food uh, in the NOVA classification and in the SIGA classification correspond to food that are raw or low processed and in which you will add some culinary ingredients. 
fat, sugar, or salt. This is very important, as, as I said before, the main concern, uh, scientifically speaking, when we look at fat, sugars, and salt are about the addition and not when they are naturally present. And the last group, the fourth one, is said the ultra-processed food. An ultra-processed food is a food in which you will find an ultra-processed ingredient. This is an ingredient that has been isolated from its original matrix or that has been denatured or obtained through synthesis. Then you isolate an, a starch, it's an ultra-processed ingredient. You hydrolyzed the, you, hydrolysis, you, you do an hydrolysis on this starch, it's even more ultra-processed. You come with a synthesis of an aroma, for example, it's an ultra-processed ingredient. Any food in which you will find this ultra-processed ingredient is said ultra-processed. For sure, there are some differences, even in the low-processed food group, even in the ultra-processed food group. But now, we do not have uh, sufficient science to uh, compare different low processes, to build a score with these informations. But what we know is that teaching the available information of NOVA to the consumer will already be a huge improvement for their health. Okay, so, so it sounds to me that, that my egg was fine just now when I just cooked it, uh, as long as I don't industrialize add some things uh, to it. Um, now, do consumers uh, understand those different level of processes? Because you say uh, one of the steps forward would be to teach uh, everyone what are those different levels. Uh, is the level of understanding today quite low? Um, it has not been taught to consumer. Okay. Uh, then they are not so much under uh, knowledge about this classification now, but we do really think that it will be huge in society. This, this will spread rapidly, rapidly in the society as first it is uh, intimately linked with the development of humanity. I mean, raw and low processed food exists since birth of humanity. Culinary ingredients and therefore processed food exist since sedentarization with vegetable oils, with sugars, with salt. And then for a long, long time in the history of humanity. And it's uh, everywhere for anyone in any culture. And the last group of the ultra processed food came more recently uh, in our diet, but will be easily understood by the consumer as intuitively they already know that there are some chemical foods, some foods in which you will find many ingredients, many ingredients they, they do not know, they, they do not use in kitchen. And now it's already been uh, uh, a decade or two decades in some countries where industries, food industries are reducing, are shortening ingredient list to respond to uh, that demand from the consumer. So, so there is a certain positive way forward. Uh, that sounds actually like a good news. 
Um, let's let's talk uh, before we finish about the the book that you published uh, this year, uh, Manger Vrai or Eat Truly, uh, because it's a book in French. Uh, could you tell us maybe a little bit about it? Yes, for sure. Uh, I do like that book, as this book is a great tool to help consumers guide them toward uh, new and healthier habits. Uh, it helps them to eat real, to adopt a preventive and sustainable diet. Such diet is said 3V. 3V for vrai, végétal, varié. Real food, plant-based mainly, and vary. Any preventive and sustainable diet fall into these three golden rules. Mediterranean one, Okinawa, Maltese one, Greek one. Uh, all these preventive diets are vrai, végétal, varié. Any diet that goes against one of these rules is no more good for health. If you eat ultra-processed plant-based diet, no good for health. If you don't eat plants, it won't be good for your health. And if you don't, you do not vary, for sure it won't be good for your health too. Then this book gives you tips, tricks, recipes, menu to help you in identifying ultra-processed food, in switching from an ultra-processed diet to a healthier diet, the free V diet. Good. Well, that sounds like it's not just for uh, consumers, but uh, also something interesting for buyers and retailers who are listening to this uh, program, uh, just to get inspired on, on what should they select to go on the shelves. Um, perhaps before we conclude, do you have any last words or, or thought that you would like to give to manufacturers and, re and actually the, the retailers listening today? Yes, I know that uh, the situation right now, it's not so easy for them. Sourcing problems, raising costs, uh, more pressure from uh, the consumer on the prices. Um, but I, I, I expect them, I want them, and I wish them to think long term uh, and to consider more uh, these aspects of matrix effect and uh, to avoid as possible the use of ultra-processed ingredients, as now we know that it's not good for health, neither for the environment nor society, and it's important in uh, this time to uh, act. And for them, acting uh, means bring to the consumer healthier food. And what we know, scientifically speaking, is that the healthier food are the less processed one and that for any ultra processed food they are an equivalent which is real and which is healthier this is this food that we would like to see in the shelves uh, another point maybe uh, i know that some of them uh, use the nutri-score uh, they should inform consumers that this is just an information about nutritional nutritional potential of one food and that is as not to see with health uh, they should explain them uh, that nutriscore is not the only tool that they should look at and maybe for some of them stop to give uh, 
some uh, presents or bonds, uh, tickets to the consumers for them to buy only A or B uh, Nutri-Score label food products uh, because these foods are not always the healthier ones. All right, that, that actually uh, is a good conclusion to, to end the show. I will just say that you, you did actually talk to one retailer who does that and who was on the show a couple of days ago and did actually mention kind of the same thing that health is something that you have to look at in the mid-long term and not just focus on the, the short term now with the uh, prices uh, war or the prices uh, increasing uh, like we know. Um, Aris, Thank you very much for being on the show today and helping to uh, explain and debunk a few of the, the facts about Nutri-Score. We could talk about this all day, but we have to conclude at some point. Uh, so thank you very much. And I hope to talk to you very soon. Great. Thank you very much, Vincent. And I hope to talk to you soon. That's all for this episode. Don't forget to check out 20centretail.com for more retail stories and stay tuned for the return of 20cent headlines on Friday. Till then, enjoy the rest of your week and thank you for listening.